Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. And in this section, uh, Paul is talking about spiritual gifts. And we're going to talk about that tonight. That's a subject found in the New Testament. Spiritual gifts that God gives to his people. And you say, well, what is that? Well, it's not salvation. That's the greatest gift of all. But it's, this is something different. This is spiritual gifts that God gives to those who are saved. And it's a subject you find in the New Testament. It's a very interesting subject. It was one that, one that was well discussed in the early church and dealt with in, in the New Testament and just as relevant today. And so we're going to look at that. Ephesians 4, starting in verse 7. But to each one of us, grace was given. Now, the, the word grace is the, the word keros, where, from which we get the word charismatic. And, and you know, you, you have connotations to that word. When you hear that word, you know, you have connotations to that word. But it, it simply means in this instance, but to each one of us, to every Christian, a gift of grace or service has been given. That's what the subject of this, these passages is about. To every one of us, God has given us a spiritual gift, a gift of grace. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. And we'll understand what that means in a moment. Now, this, he ascended. What does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all of the heavens that he might feel all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles. That's a spiritual gift. Some to be prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, in the first verses and the verses we looked at last week of Ephesians 4, Paul talks about responsibilities that every believer has to their church. And in this passage, in chapter 4, the first part of this chapter, he's talking about responsibilities that we have as Christians as believers to our local church. Being a church member, being a part of a local congregation is a privilege. It's a tremendous privilege. You know, people get elected to the Senate and the House of Representatives. That is nothing compared to be a part, to being a part of God's people and to being a part of a church. And so it's a privilege to be a church member. Tremendous privilege. But it also is a great responsibility. And so every church member has a responsibility to their local church. Last week we saw that every believer has the responsibility to contribute to the fellowship of their church, to fostering the loving fellowship of their church, to protect the fellowship of their church and the peace of their church. And every believer is to contribute to the unity of their church. And so your responsibility, my responsibility to Mercedes Baptist Church is to, be, to, to do what I can to contribute to the fellowship and to the unity, to the peace of my church. 
Now, in this passage, Paul talks about how believers are to contribute to the strength and the growth of their church. And we're to do that in this particular passage by employing the spiritual gift that God gives to every believer. God has given us a gift. This is what the Bible teaches, that God has given every believer a spiritual gift of service, a special endowment, a special God-given ability to do some ministry that contributes to the strength and the growth of our church. It's very important that every Christian find out what that spiritual gift is and then to use that spiritual gift to contribute to the growth and to the strength of the church to which they belong. Now, every believer has two kinds of ministries. We all have a missionary ministry to the lost world. We all have a ministry. You know, I've been called to the ministry. Well, you have too. Every believer has been called to the ministry. We have been called to the missionary ministry of the church. That is, we are to do what we can do to help uh, ourselves individually and to help our church to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and to make disciples around the world. That's our missionary ministry. But we also have, the Bible teaches, an edifying ministry in the local church. Every believer is to contribute to the growth and the strength of the church in this passage specifically by exercising and using and employing the spiritual gift that God gives them. A spiritual gift is a special God-given ability for service. Sometimes our spiritual gift is built upon a natural ability. There are just some people who can sing you know, they just, they have that natural talent of singing. God has blessed them with that natural talent of singing. And sometimes God may give them the gift of edification through music, through singing. You know, the, the, the gift of encouragement through music and through singing. But sometimes people are given a special ability of service by God that's not built on any kind of ability that they have. I went to school with a, a, you know, a lot of wonderful young men who were training for the ministry. And one of the young guys who was training for the ministry, you know, he said, God called me to preach and I never did understand it. He said, as a boy, I stuttered, you know, I was shy. I, I couldn't stand. I couldn't speak before my own family. And then I felt like God was calling me to, to, to you know, to be a preacher and to be a pastor. And I just, I didn't have, I was not born with any kind of ability to speak before people. But he said, I gave my life to that. I committed my life to that. And then I, one day I heard him preach. And that brother may not have been born with the ability to, to you know, to speak and, and, uh, before a crowd. But God gave him that ability. He was a tremendous preacher. So sometimes our spiritual gift is built upon a natural ability that we're born with, but sometimes God just gives you something out of the blue that you would never think that, you know, you would have that kind of a ministry. Now, there's several places in the New Testament that speak about spiritual gifts. Romans 12, verses 6 through 8 is one of those places. 
1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 through 11. And these verses that we're going to look at, and we're just going to kind of introduce it tonight, all speak about spiritual gifts. Now you, if you're a Christian, you have a spiritual gift that God has given to you. And that gift is a very special and precious thing that you need to identify and then you need to employ in the church. Spiritual gifts are not given in order for us to walk around and say, hey, I got the spiritual gift of this, that, and the other, out of pride. These are spiritual gifts of service that are not given to us for our benefit, but given to us for the benefit of others, to edify and build up the church. And so let's look at what, the, first of all, here's the first thing. The purpose of spiritual gifts, we're taught in this passage, is to edify the church. An edifice is a building. An edifice is something that is built. The Bible says the main purpose of spiritual gifts is to build up and to edify the church. That's why we're giving, given spiritual gifts. To be employed in the church, to build up the church, to strengthen the church, to bless the church. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says that our spiritual gifts are given for the profit of all believers in the church. So spiritual gifts are not given for our benefit, but for the benefit and blessing of others. Now, spiritual gifts are given to be employed in the church. Now, that spiritual gift may have application outside the church, but the main function of spiritual gifts are to help to build up and edify the church. Now, you know, God has given me, he's called me to be a pastor teacher. He, he, he's given me the, you know, the, the, the calling of preaching. But my calling of preaching is not for my benefit. It's for the benefit of others. I'm to bless you. I'm to benefit you. I'm to encourage you. I'm to edify you. I'm to edify the church through the use of the gift that God has given to me. But God has given you a gift too. And he didn't give you your gift to walk around like a peacock, you know, like a proud peacock. As if, you know, you deserve what you got or anything like that to draw attention to you. He's given you a gift to build me up and to encourage me and to bless me. He's given you your gift to bless the church. So these are spiritual gifts of service that are to be employed to edify, to build up the church for the profit of other people. Second of all. What we're taught in this passage is this. Every Christian has been given at least one spiritual gift. Verse 7. But to each one of us, to each one of us individually, grace, a spiritual gift, was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. You were given a spiritual gift. You know, when a person is born, we give gifts to the parents or to the kid or whatever. Okay? When you were born again, God gave you a birthday gift on your spiritual birthday. And that gift was a gift of service, a special endowment. 
that God has given to you to use for the benefit and the building up of the church. Now, it takes a while for Christians, new Christians, to identify what their spiritual gift may be. It takes a while for people after they're saved to identify what that gift may be. But when they find it and they understand it and what that gift is, then they are to use that gift. And it's a very precious thing and it's a very important thing. Every Christian has been given at least one spiritual gift. You may have been given the gift of encouragement. You may have been given the gift of administration. You may have been given the gift of helps. You know, there are a lot of people who are good planners. You may have been given the gift of working with children. You may have been given the gift of working with senior adults. You just love senior adults and love all over them. That's your, that floats your boat. That's your thing. You may have been given a gift of edification, maybe through singing, through music. There are all kinds of spiritual gifts. And what you do as a Christian, it's very important that as we, we walk with the Lord, and you know, that we identify what that gift is. And we understand it's a responsibility for us to use that gift to edify and build up the church for the benefit of other people. Gifts are not a point of pride. We're servants. We're slaves. We are property that belong to Jesus. And we are to love him and serve him and follow him and bless the church. So every Christian has been given at least one spiritual gift. Here's another truth. Every spiritual gift is of equal importance to God. There's no such thing as an unimportant or non-essential spiritual gift. Just because a believer's spiritual gift does not place them in a high-profile position before the congregation does not mean that their spiritual gift is unimportant. A car's alternator may be hidden underneath the hood, but it is just as important to the function of a car as the steering wheel which can be seen by all. And so, you know, you may not have a high profile gift. That is like a preacher standing in a pulpit. Okay. You know, but just because I have been given this gift doesn't mean that the gift that God has given to me is more important than your gift of working in the nursery with little old snotty youngins telling them about Jesus and hugging on them. My, my, my calling is not more important than that calling. You know, every gift, this passage teaches that every gift is of equal importance to the function and to the strength of the church. You know, there's some things in church life I just, I can't, I say, I can't imagine, you know, me doing that. But there are other people just love it, just love it, you know, because they got a heart for it. God has given them a heart for it. God has given them a calling to do it. Here's another truth. It is the Lord who determines the distribution of spiritual gifts. The Bible says that it is the Lord Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, who determines what spiritual gift is given to which believer. The Lord's dis, uh, distribution of spiritual gifts is not based on human ability, station, merit, or accomplishment, 
The distribution of gifts is based solely on the Lord's sovereign will and design for every individual believer. We have done nothing to deserve our salvation. We have done nothing to deserve the spiritual gift. It is a gift of God's grace. It is the Lord who determines. It's the Lord who called me to preach. It's the Lord who might call you to do something in your ministry. or The Lord has given you your spiritual gift to do what you are supposed to do to edify the church and to build up the church. It's the Lord who distributes these gifts. Now, spiritual gifts became a point of contention in the early church, especially in the church of Corinth. You know, the church of Corinth had its issues. These were people born out of, saved out of a stark pagan society, and they didn't have a New Testament. And so they got this idea, they, you know, spiritual gifts, and they got the idea in the church at Corinth that the gift of speaking in tongues was the most important gift. And if you had that gift, you were the most important person in the church. Now, Paul just kept that thing off at the knees. And he approached that. He said, look, whatever, and we'll talk about the gift of tongues one day, what it is and all that kind of, what it was, and what, uh, you know, all that. But, but Paul said, look, it's the Lord who gives us our gifts. You know, you, you, you can go before the Lord and say, oh, Lord, give me the gift. I've asked the Lord to give me the gift of singing, and I've heard myself sing. And no, nope, ain't not done that yet. I mean, you know, but it's the Lord who determines who, what spiritual gift we get. Because this is true, every believer should be content with the gift God has given to them. Shouldn't be jealous. Number two, no believer should envy the spiritual gift of another person. And number three, no believer should ever look down on another believer whose spiritual gift they judge to be less important than their own. Spiritual gifts are important to the function of the church. Now, you might be sitting there saying, I ain't got no spiritual gift. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And, you know, as time goes by, okay, you know, and the Lord makes allowances for us as we get older. Sometimes we're limited physically in what we can do. And, you know, we, we can't do what we used to do. And maybe our ability to exercise our gift Maybe it's not now what it was at one time used to be. But you know, God is a God of grace, you know? And so sometimes as you get older, God will kind of transition you from one gift to another. Man, the gift of faith, the gift of prayer. Prayer is something everybody should do. But there's some people who have been gifted with a tremendous prayer life and a tremendous touch of God. Some of those senior saints, you know, that'll pray for you and play, pray for the church. Man, that's powerful. <laughs> that's powerful stuff. And so it's the Lord who determines who gets what spiritual gift. Here's another truth. The Lord's right to, do, to bestow spiritual gifts on his church is based on his victorious life, death, and resurrection. Listen again and let's understand what these verses mean. And I'm hurrying. Well, I'm trying to hurry. Ephesians 4, 8 through 10. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he left capti led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended. What does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. For he who descended is also the one who ascended far above the heavens, that he might feel all things. 
Now here's what happened. Here's, this is an allusion to, to Roman culture. In ancient times, or not just Roman culture, but all culture of ancient times. In ancient times, when victorious kings or generals returned home from battle to their homeland, they would, they would, they would march in with their army. They would march in with their army and they would hand out gifts to the people from the spoils of their victories. By the way, the victorious general or king was always riding on a white horse. The horse of victory. The color of victory. And the soldiers would march in. They'd have this big parade and they'd march into the capital city. And as they marched into the capital city, they would hand out gifts to the people from the spoils of the battle that they had won. And they would be great adulation. And then as they, at the end of the parade, they'd have the prisoners of war from the people that had been conquered. It was a big, long parade, you know, great procession. So what is Paul saying in these verses? He said, when the Lord Jesus returned to heaven, having fulfilled all prophecies, having accomplished redemption for mankind through his perfect life, sacrificial death, and glorious resurrection, having defeated Satan, sin, and death, he celebrated, Jesus celebrated, and he continues to celebrate by giving spiritual gifts to his people. God has given you a spiritual gift, and that spiritual gift is a spoil of the victory he won at the cross. And by his resurrection. And so spiritual gifts. We receive our spiritual gifts. It's the Lord's right to bestow those spiritual gifts to us. Because he has won the victory. It's a spoil of his victory. Here's another thing. Believers will be judged for how we develop and use our spiritual gift. At the judgment seat of Christ. We will be judged for how we live for the Lord after we were saved. From the time after we were saved until we go to heaven. You know? Now the issue at the judgment seat of Christ is not whether we're going to heaven or not. That was settled when we gave our life to Christ. The issue is the rewards that we will receive in heaven. The Lord's going to judge our life. The quality of our life. The commitment of our life. The use of our life. And one of the things that he's going to judge is how did we use our spiritual gift that he gave us for his honor and for his glory? How did we develop our spiritual gift? How did we employ our spiritual gifts? 2 Corinthians 5.10, For we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things while done in the body, whether good or bad. In other words, while we are alive, after we were saved, the Lord's going to judge how we live for him after we were saved. Amen. You know? And you don't want to live an old sorry Christian life where you got a saved soul but a wasted life. And you got a saved soul, and then you go live for yourself, and you never serve the Lord, never employ your spiritual gifts for Him, and just an old, quote, sorry Christian life. You don't want to do that. You want to live for the Lord. Because one of these days, the Lord's going to call us to give an account for how we live for Him after we were saved, before we went to heaven. And part of that is, how did we use the spiritual gift that He gave us for His honor and glory? And so the question is, are you, do you know your spiritual gift? Are you developing? I'm still developing my spiritual gift. <laughs> you know? 
I hadn't arrived yet. I'm still not satisfied with my walk with the Lord, with my, you know, the, how I use my gift. I want to be better. Are you using your gift to edify the church and for the profit of all? You know, Jesus talked about an unfaithful servant in one of his parables. The guy, the master gave this guy a gift in the parable to employ for his benefit. What did the guy do with the gift that the master gave him? He went and buried it in the ground. He didn't employ it at all. One guy took 10 10 talents and got 10 more. He was blessed. One guy took five talents and got five more. He was blessed. One guy took one talent and buried it in the ground. And he lost it. You don't want to be like that. You don't want to bury your gift and never use it for Christ. So how do you find your spiritual gift? How do you find your spiritual gift? Number one, you ask God to show it to you. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Lord, you gave me a spiritual gift. What is it? Yes, you, you seek your spiritual gift through prayer and service. I mean, God wants you to know what he's gifted you to do. And so you seek it. You, you, Lord, you know, and sometimes you have more than one spiritual gift. And, you know, ages past, you know, we got, we got people today who have the spiritual gift of edification and worship because they know how to use a soundboard and audiovisual equipment. Now, I, I'd get lost in that kind of thing. That ain't my gift. But it's their gift, and it's important. And so how do you find your spiritual gift? You ask God, God, what is my spiritual gift? Second of all, you ask yourself, what is it that you like to do? What is it that you do best? What is it that you love to do in the church? What is it that people respond to in the church? What brings you, gives you the greatest amount of joy in doing, in in what you're doing? You ask yourself, what do you do do that, what do you, you know, what is it that you do best? What do you love to do? You enjoy doing. What is it that you do that people respond to it? What brings you joy in doing it? See, the Lord will give you a spiritual gift and he will give you a desire to do it. And he will give you joy in doing it. You know, um, sometimes I, I, you know, I hear preachers, you know, talk about God's calling on their life. And sometimes you'll hear one of them say, well, I know God was calling me to preach, but I didn't want to do it. I fought it. I fought it. I fought it. I held on to the pew. Bless their hearts. Preachers can get a little dramatic. <laughs> you know, they get a little dramatic. Listen, when I felt like God was calling me to preach, I wanted to do it. But I also wanted to be sure that it was really him calling me to do it. Because if, if God gives you a spiritual gift, he'll give you the desire to do it. And you'll find joy in doing that. And you, you, want to, you have the ability. You have the ability to do it. That's how you discern. You ask God and you ask yourself. That's how you discern your spiritual gift. And listen. It doesn't matter how old you are, you will always have a spiritual gift to use in God's service. I don't care how old you are, how decrepit you get. 
you always have a gift of service. It may be one of these days, you know, you have that gift and now you're not physically able maybe to do what you used to do, but you can still do something. You can still do something. Oh, something you may can do is pray. Well, ain't that something? <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Or encouragement. Listen, when I was at Whitewater Baptist Church, we had a retired pastor, um, Brother Jones. Bless his heart. He was a good guy. I had five preachers in that congregation at one time. You know? Uh, I know. But they were good guys. They were all really, really they were all good guys. But Brother Jones, bless his heart, he was a good guy. And he used to talk to me. He was, I don't know how old he was when he passed away, 80-something or whatever. He used to talk, come to me and talk to me. He said, Brother Chris, I wish I could preach. I wish I could preach like I used to preach and all that kind of stuff. I tried to encourage him and bless him. And I said, but you know what he'd do? Sunday morning, he was bent over like that. Bless his heart. And had a cane. And I can't tell you how many Sunday mornings I saw him going up the steps of Whitewater Baptist Church into that sanctuary. And do you know he was exercising his spiritual gift without even knowing it? The gift of encouragement. The gift of, a, of an example of faith. And, a, and a, it didn't matter how he felt. You know, I know it didn't feel good. He was going to be in God's house. And he had that cane. He walked up them steps. And there was many, and Sunday morning I watched him do that, and every now and then somebody walked by and I'd say, whoop, look at that. When you're that age, that's how I want to be, and that's how I want you to be. And he had the gift of encouragement. He had the gift of preaching, but God gave him another gift, the gift of encouragement, and he didn't even know it. How he was encouraging others by his simple presence. We all have a gift. And we all have the responsibility of building up our church. And, and that's what Paul is teaching in this passage. 